It is Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Yes, we just made a huge announcement at John Boy Media. We are off to the All-Star Game for the third straight year. We're going to be having an All-Star viewing party up in Seattle, just like we did a year ago in L.A., where we blew out the joint. It's going to be at Optimism Brewing. So make sure you mm. get your VIP tickets today. Check out our social media channels. Bloopy, we cannot wait to get up there to Seattle. We do you know, quite a few trips a year surrounding John Boy Media. The All-Star Game is my favorite trip. Like It's not mm. even close. Blitzball battle, floorball, all these things you do in the warehouse. All-Star Game is the best. So make sure you uh, head on over to our Twitter account, Instagram, wherever else you get your information via social media. And uh, we want to see you out there. You know, make a special trip. If you haven't been up to Seattle, the stadium's fantastic. If you want to go for the home run derby, but you don't want to go for the game, because really hanging out with us is more fun than actually going to the game. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been to a lot it of all-star games. Yeah, the, go to the home run derby. We'll be doing that as well. But come and hang out with us on the Tuesday of all-star festivities. One quick tip of the cap to future Pro Football Hall of Famer Travis Kelsey. Remember what he did at the home opener in Cleveland where he spiked a pitch to Shane Bieber? Got a little redemption in his adopted professional hometown of Kansas City where he threw a gem to Bobby Witt Jr. Were you happy that he actually got a second chance this close to his first fiasco? I'm happy for him to, you know, to make amends for that. He almost zooed this one as well. He's just so strong. You saw when he planted his lead foot, he slipped a little bit. There's just so much power yeah. coming through that the dirt couldn't hold him. But I like when guys throw a strike. Like I don't, I don't love the messed up ones. It's especially ones that are like um, on purpose. He was trying to execute a strike, trying to throw it hard, and he did. And I love that Bobby Wood Jr. was back there to catch it. That that's when you know you've made it as someone that's yep. throwing the first pitch, is if you have like the superstar or one of the superstars mm -hmm. actually catching you and it's not some random dude like the uh, random third baseman of the Twins or something like that. You stop that now. Did you ever catch a first pitch from somebody famous? Uh, yeah, dude, yes. But it was, her name is Sabrina Carpenter. Yeah, I didn't know who she was at the time. She was like a Disney star. Very young. I was um mm -hmm. with Tampa. And I wasn't playing, so I had I went and caught her first pitch. But then I realized shortly after, like she was like four million Instagram followers, and now oh. she's on the radio, and she's got like ten or fifteen million Instagram followers. So like oh Travis Kelsey's no one compared to Sabrina Carpenter. <laughs> Good job, Blue. Sheesh, she's probably like, why didn't Longoria catch for me? Well, you know who's the Instagram king of the baseball world? That would be one Shohei Otani, who was back at it again last night, a multi-homer game, including one extras, as the Angels continued their run by taking the first of four in Texas. By the way, his first home run that went like 5 million feet. Woo! That was awesome. And the pimp job that followed was Jeff's kiss on that one. By the way, this comes on the day that Shohei admitted he has been dealing with fatigue since he's been pitching more this season. How worried are you that Shohei will either get run down or won't be as available as he has been? 
Well, I mean, if you kind of dig a little bit deeper into the quotes, you know, Phil Nevin went on to say that he thinks he meant he was just fatigued in the game. You know, they've been running him out there every six days, and I think they're trying to amend his schedule so he gets a little bit more of a break. Obviously, it's an issue because you want this guy to be available every time his turn comes in the rotation. And even with the last, I don't even know, like four or five starts that haven't been very good, he still has a 3-3. People are acting like the world is, you know, blown up for his pitching, but he still has a 3-3, and we know what he's doing offensively. So um, I'm probably worried, like, long-term how much he can do, but, like, he's such a different type of athlete and baseball player that I don't want to put any limitations on him. Like I'm just thinking about in my body, like continuing to pitch and to hit like that is it's a lot, but Shohei is a different type of person. So I'm actually not that concerned. I think it's, you know, a little bit of fatigue is, is okay. Like the velo is still there. Everything's still there. He just, he's been walking people that needs to figure that out. He's bringing up some homers needs to figure that out, but I'm not overly concerned about this. I think Shohei is, like I said, he's just different. See Rosie. So to me, the answer isn't that I'm concerned. The answer is I'm surprised it's taken this long. I mean, he, right? Like Good we point. just had Chris Bassett on the on the Rose rotation, and I asked him if he pays attention to what Shohei does. He goes, to me, the thing that's amazing is that, you know, I know how sore I am the day after a start, and he's hit second or third the next day. He said, I know how sore everyday ball players can get after a week straight of playing. He goes, and he's out there basically every day. The dude played 157 games last year. He has he hasn't played at all in only two of their games this year. So they're going to have to be a little more judicious with him. Even on days where he DHs. I mean, I was talking to some guys on the field recently and about Shohei. I just want to get their thoughts because he's just he's almost like this mythological creature. Like we'll, we're never going to see him again. We haven't seen him in this sport before. And we're not going to see him again. And there are some guys who said, well, listen, he's DHing, so it's not that big a deal. And he's pitching. To me, it'd be more impressive if he was playing outfield and he was a closer. I'm like, come on. What what are we saying here? That's interesting. Uh, I haven't really thought about it that way. Would it be more impressive if he, if he was playing outfield every day and then closing? I don't think so. I I mean, being a starter is just is just way different. I mean, the amount of pitches you have to throw and – I don't know. I can never take anything away from what Shohei does. I think Me they're neither. both very impressive. If he was like to to play the outfield and have to go warm up in between innings, then go close. Sure, like that's that's a feat in its own right. But yeah. I, I don't know, man. I think that what he's doing right now is pretty special. Yeah, like it's your travel ball team. Hey, dude, go get warm. <laughs> You're gonna pitch the seventh for us. So, um, I I, I am a a little bit concerned just because I want to see him out there every day. But I can understand why they would dial it back if need be. Raising my hand. Yeah. Well, no, it's yes, just a sir. statement. Do you know that at USC that I was supposed to play shortstop and then come in and close games? So, like, you can call me Shohei. Light. Yeah. Well, uh, the first Shohei I saw at the collegiate level was Mark Kotze. Okay. So he was that's right. He was the best player in 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 college. I covered him. Uh Nevada was in the same league. I think he didn't he go to Fullerton? Is that where he went? Fullerton, yeah. Yeah. Houston and Street so did it outfielder. too, I believe. Oh, yeah, there's been a bunch of guys. I mean, when you're that talented. But he's the first one I saw in person. And then he would come in and shut it down. Lefty, fireballer. Good job. All right, uh, speaking of Mark Kotze, it's the reason I am donning the old Oakland A's elephant lid today. 
They have ripped off six wins in a row just in time for tonight's huge festivities out in Oakland. They have got a one-of-a-kind boycott that we have never seen before. It is a reverse boycott. So what they're trying to do is jam-pack the house. We're hearing rumors that ticket sales are well over 20000 perhaps over 25000 A's fans are trying to show up in solidarity, uh, getting these T-shirts that basically say sell the team, uh, all sorts of stuff. So they haven't been showing up for a reason. And now they're trying to show up to make sure that we are talking about this nationally. How interested are you in tonight's reverse boycott? I'm very interested. I th- we've talked about this before on the show. I think what they're doing is special. I think it means a lot to people in Oakland to have that ball club there. Uh, we've seen it for years now. Some of the most passionate fans in all of baseball. Um, I played in front of them. I know what it sounds like to be in there. You can watch on TV and feel it through the screen when you know they're in the playoffs and things are going right and they actually are putting a product on the field. The fan base shows up. Um, I am excited for a particular reason tonight because if this is the last time we get to see the Coliseum filled, I think it's special and something that we should pay attention to because – like I just said, when they're there, it's different. It's loud. Um, there's there's some choreography. There's, you know, all the people in the outfield stands that just kind of, you know, hanging the signs and doing the thing. They're just, they're very involved in the game. And when you play there, you know that, that it's a part of, of the culture. So I'm excited to see it. If it's the last time we'll get to see the Coliseum impact, I think it's special. Well, I don't know if it'll be that case because we're still several years away from the A's moving if they do indeed move. I mean, if you've been following along what's been happening in Las Vegas politically, this thing has not gotten the legs that they thought it would right off the bat. You know, this thing has not passed uh, these referendums that they need. They're looking for tax money, obviously, because what professional sports owner doesn't want the community to more than chip in their fair share? Uh, I say that tongue in cheek because it just makes me want to puke. Um so we don't know how this is going to play out with the A's. But I, I'll i be fascinated tonight. I really will. I hope that they somehow got a hold of Grant Balfour and he can hang out with those nuts in right center field. I mean, that yeah. was some of the coolest stuff when he was riding high and the team was playing great and he'd come in and the lights would flicker and they'd all be banging to this heavy metal music. I mean, it was great. It was great, right? Awesome. Everything. Doolittle, um, Josh Reddick out there, you know, like every, anybody that would, that if you were a mm-hmm. presence on that team, the Steven vote stuff, like it was really special. And so listen, there have been a lot of people that have made fun of the A's uh, fan base. There are some major league teams, one in particular that did it recently that I got in a little tip with. Um, that was the whole prompt. You know, that was, that was my point. If the Astros social media team wanted to go shit on the, organization and the ownership fine whatever don't take a shot at the fans these fans have been you know people are like well if you just showed up to the games maybe they wouldn't move those are uninformed people this owner has stripped down this team much like the lady in the movie major league forcing a move saying see they don't show up here's what's going on you know and does the political hierarchy in Northern California have something to do with this? Absolutely. It's never always just one side. There are plenty of people to point the finger at. Do not do it at the fans of the Oakland A's. I can't wait for tonight. Um, 
I'm a little upset that my Guardians will be playing at the same time, but I will be obviously watching closely. Here's one other thing to watch. How will the broadcast handle it tonight? What do you mean? Like, will well, they show I mean, they the fans, just, are you saying? Or they... No, they can't just say, wow, it's a packed house here tonight in Oakland. It's good to see. I mean, there's a reason the house will be packed. Do they mention it? I, I will be interested because there's been times this year even when they've clipped out the posters that are at the stadium in yep. highlights. I'd imagine yep. they don't mention it. I'd imagine they just, in, in passing, maybe mention it, but they really try to just make it seem like, you know, it's just another game. That's just, I mean, you own the team, you can kind of pick and choose what gets said about your team and what gets shown about your team. Well, and there now social media, they can't it. control. So no, 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 no. Social media is going to go nuts. And if you want the true story, like, I mean, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be from places like us that cover it this way. Uh, ESPN will cover it a certain way. MLB will not cover it at all. They, I'll ask da- like you know what? I'll just... text Dallas today to see what, what he's yeah. going to do. I'm curious. Uh, me too, because this is a guy who's hurting. You know, he's a guy from yeah. Northern California. I'd imagine he's Dallas mentions it <clears throat> i think so too i think so too and um but there's gonna be certain places league owned that you won't hear it from it's not gonna be on the front page mlb.com i'll tell you that Mm-mm. there you go hey listen we know that there are certain guys out there that hate going to the doctor there have been times over the years where i haven't wanted to do it for whatever reason you know you need a little bit of help but you're not willing to go visit the doctor's office well, I want to tell you about Rex MD. It makes getting generic and branded Viagra or Cialis easy. Everything is done online, even the prescription, and they deliver to your door as well. What does that mean? No office visits, no talking to a receptionist. Super simple. You get to deal with it in the privacy of your own home. A few facts and figures, since we are kind of stats-driven at times around here on Baseball Today. Did you know that Viagra can cost around $90 a pill? I'm going to repeat that. I didn't say nine. I said 90. Well, Rex MD has generic Viagra for just as low as two bucks a pill. I'm no math major, but that means you can have 45 times more fun. And your medication gets shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping as well. It is fast. It is simple. It is cheap. You can access your U.S. licensed Rex MD physician anytime you need. Okay? That's important. So I want you to act now to take advantage of their deal. Head on over to rexmd.com slash johnboy. The exclusive deal is going to save you up to 90% where you will pay as low as $2 per dose of generic Viagra instead of 90 plus on Viagra. That is rexmd.com slash johnboy for up to 90% off and a free gift as well. You'll love yourself and your partner will really love you. All right, we continue on with a crazy game out in Arizona. We've had three crazy games in the last few weeks. We had, or in the last week, we had Mets Braves, we had Guardians Astros, and now we had this shit storm out in Arizona, right? <laughs> Phillies had a big 5-1 lead. Corbin Carroll gets hit twice. The second time, Tori Lovello's had enough. So he comes out, doesn't start yelling at the umpires. He starts yelling at JT Rail Muto. Start yelling at the all-star catcher of the Phillies. Like what do you? What's going on here? Before I get started, I just got—I want to say something that um, I have nothing but the utmost respect for JT Realmuto. This was um, me protecting our player 
and him protecting his pitcher. And uh, there was just this disagreement. Do you have a problem with that, like a manager coming at one of that, at a player? Yes, yeah, I do. Because okay. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't yell at another player. That last bit was Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, who was asked, do you have a problem with Torrey Lavello the way he talked to J2 Real Muto? And he said, yes, I did. Did you have a problem with how Torrey handled this? I actually didn't have a problem with how anybody handled it. Like, I think it's all, like, was handled the correct way. Now, Torrey comes out. He's trying to defend his play or his the jewel of the Diamondbacks organization, which is Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like the fact that they're coming up and in on him, hit him twice. So he's coming out to protect his guy. I think JT kind of stepped in and said, Hey man, we're not, we're not trying to hit this guy. Come on. And then Tori, that's the one thing that he just kind of looked like he was, you know, arguing back and forth with JT. They kind of had some words for each other. But again, I think it's just a, like he said, it's a manager trying to have his players back and JT trying to have the pitchers back. And then even Rob Thompson chiming in saying, I wouldn't do that. I like how everyone handled this situation. I mean, times like this happen on a baseball field where, you know, things get, uh, you know, a little ornery and, you know, especially when guys start getting hit, you know, it gets a little testy. So I'm okay with Tori coming out. I'm okay with JT saying, we're not doing this on purpose. And I'm okay with Rob Thompson be like, don't come and talk to my players. Talk to the umpire if you want to say anything, if you want to get our guys warned or whatever. So in this situation, I know that like Tori was very, and I love that Tori came out afterwards and said, I have nothing but respect for JT. I think he understands how it looks and how like, you know, the an outsider would view this whole situation. But I, I bet if, even if you ask JT Real Muto, he'd be like, ah, it's not that big of a deal, man. It's just a manager fighting for his kid. That's it. So I think like maybe some people are making a bigger deal out of this than it is, but I'm okay with how every single person in this situation, even Corbin Carroll, how he handled it. Yeah, Corbin Carroll doesn't say much. After the game, he's like, yeah, I didn't think they were thrown at me, but I appreciated my skipper coming out. That's it. And right. That's that's, it. And Tori said, if you listen to his entire press conference, he said that he knew that uh, Vic Carapaza was going to throw him out. He mm-hmm. warned. He said, Tori, if you keep coming out here, I'm going to throw I'm you out. I'm staying on the field. <laughs> and he said, I'm staying on the field. Right. And so that's it. Um, I have not. I tried to find quotes from Real Muto. I tried to find some video. I didn't see any late last night from it. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't want the- I just dipped my uh, yeah. drawstring in my coffee. Sorry. Keep going. What did you do? One of my drawstrings from my hoodie. Oh, fell into my coffee. Okay, well, you could suck on that later. That'll be that'll be a great little flavor saver for you. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's going to end up being that big a deal. I, I am curious about this. Do you think that Tori Lavello calls JT Real Muto? Because he he expects to be suspended as of the taping of this show. He hasn't been suspended. Oh, really? What? Why? Why would he get suspended? My guess is is that if it's one thing if you get tossed by an umpire, but if you, you then are instigating something that could be taken to a next level, whether or not it does get there, I think that's something that the league would like to put the kibosh on. Interesting. I'd be I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if he got suspended. And, and you know what? Knowing Tory, and I, and I know all these guys, uh, knowing Tory, he probably will seek JT out, whether it's pregame. I don't think he'll give him a phone call. He might just go up to him pregame um, and, and talk to him. There's, are they still have another game? They do. They have yeah. two more. Two more, yeah. I'd assume he does. He's he's well-respected around the league, and he understands you know, what you have to do in situations like this. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did that. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I thought it was 
handled well everywhere. Now, if something happens today, we could be having a different story when we're back on this show tomorrow. But we'll see. Uh, Mets and Yankees, first part of the Subway Series. Interesting pitching matchup. Severino Scherzer today, Cole and JV on Wednesday. What's your interest level on a scale of 1 to 10? I have a prop for this one. Ready? Yes. Oh, that's not a sticky. Five. <laughs> Five, bro. You're like, a, look. You're at a hotel. There are no hotels that have stickies. Well, it's a whole huh. thing here. Look, look at this. I'm just trying to rip it off. I thought maybe it would stick. No, it doesn't oh, stick. No. Listen, I don't want this to take away from the series. Mets fans, Yankee fans, I'm sure you're very excited. In fact, I love these regional rivalries, probably more than anything in baseball. Uh, I'm here in Minneapolis. The Brewers are in town. Some of the best, you know, fan support comes in these games. So I'm excited for that aspect of it. But let's be honest. These are two like, you know, Jake always comes at the AL and NL mid. Like these, this is a mid off tonight. You know, the Yankees aren't exactly playing great baseball. The Mets aren't exactly playing great baseball. Aaron Judge is out. Pete Alonso's out. Like, sure, the pitching matchups are are good, but you know, some of these pitchers for the Mets have haven't been great. So like it's if the if these two teams were in first place coming in and 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 firing on all cylinders and everyone's healthy, then yeah, like I'm super excited about it. But it just really isn't that way. So the only thing I'm really excited about is the fact that they both play in New York. They're like the regional rivalry aspect of it. So I'm gonna throw a little bit of shade back at this East Coast bias and give them a five. Big mid off tonight. The only reason I would say a little bit higher with a six is because I want to hear the regional broadcast. I want to listen to both SNY and yes, because when these two fan bases are pissed off at their teams, it's comedy. Like I'm not laughing at the teams, but the way that the fans are passionate about it and get into it and they're like, God damn, we suck. You know, Screw the lineups we're putting out there. Buck, you you blow. Booney, you don't know what you're doing. Why can't we hit? Why is Stanton getting another day off? When are the Mets going to stop? Like, it's classic. So that ups the interest a little bit for me. But as far as on-field product right now, stinky. It's stinky. Yeah. I'm happy for the fan bases because, yeah, you do get to go to the game and you get to – jab back and forth with your co-worker at the water cooler does that right. still happen people don't even go to an office anymore so we need to come up with a right. new phrase um but that's about it for me like this game if it wasn't if this was the you know i don't know the pittsburgh mets versus the you know baltimore yankees i wouldn't think twice about this series right now no offense to the fan bases of pittsburgh and baltimore i'm sure no offense taken anywhere around the country i don't know what i, I just got said it really right there. S- I don't, I, I don't either, I but I can't. I can't wait to buy my Baltimore Yankees jersey. I think I'm on back <laughs> order right now. Um, it's you know it really sucks. The Judge and Alonso are both out. That yeah. really stinks. Really stinks. That's horrible. All right. By the way, both teams are nine back in their respective division. Oops. All right, more interesting um, story involving a reliever yesterday in the National League. You had Keaton Wynn, who was called up by the Giants on Monday. It was his Major League debut, although he didn't actually hit the field in St. Louis. The most interesting thing about that story, that was Keaton Wynn's first time ever in a Major League stadium. Is that more interesting, though, than the 
post-game interview of one Ricky Karcher, who did make his Major League debut in the 10th inning, nailed down the save for the Cincinnati Reds, even though he was very erratic, and had this classic interview with Jim Day on the field. It's, it's incredible. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> All right, live TV, we're good. We're on cable. That way, Jim Day got a save of his own. Which of those stories is more interesting to you? I mean, I love both of them. Uh, you know, with the Reds, the whole team was still on like the top step watching the interview. So I thought that was really cool. Um, they're having a ton of fun in Cincinnati, aren't they? Dude. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm buying in. They're, they've they've dragged me in a little bit. Um, and then the other the other story about uh, Keaton Wynn not being at ever at a major league ballpark that actually happens way more than you think it would happen, especially with like a lot of the guys coming from Latin America. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, maybe they played in a exhibition game or whatever, but like actually being in the stadium and playing, I don't know what I'm just trying to say, but a lot of them come up and, and they've never been in a big league stadium before, which is, it's fun to hear those stories, you know, guys that aren't from the States. And, and then all of a sudden you see there's a triple deck and they see all the fans and you see the fa- their yeah. face light up. It's, it's awesome. Okay. But this guy, I believe is from a town called Ali, Iowa which you get is in the middle of the country. That's Twins territory. Right there. Twins, Cubs, right? So wherever it is. He's probably blacked out from every single game, too. So he's probably never even seen one on TV. That's another issue. I would love to. I'm not taking issue with it. I would love to hear the backstory as to why, you know, I mean, listen, it can be expensive. You don't know anybody's backstory about how they grew up or whatever, but. I'd be fascinated to find well, there's out. No team, there's no team even close to him. I mean, how, by car, I'm sure it's like at least at least All right. six or seven hours from a team. Dan Rourke, uh, type in, I think it's called Ali, Iowa, is what I heard last night on the broadcast. So find out how far Ali, Iowa is either from Minneapolis or Chicago. You can do that while I tell you a little bit more um, about Ricky Karcher who threw 21 pitches last night, only nine were strikes. I mean, go go find the – it's a five-hour drive to Minneapolis. Ollie Pretty far Iowa. drive. That's from, you know, from us to San Francisco. But doable. If you're a baseball family, just four and a half to Chicago. Now what? Are you like getting on his family for not giving him not getting on his family? It sounds want... like you are. It's pretty, it's pretty lame <laughs> of you, bro. I'm being a snob. That's horrible of me. Ricky Karcher, admittedly, is all over the place. I mean, that's the way his minor league stats were, according to a lot of Reds fans that I follow. But he did end up getting the save. But go watch the Kurt Casale interview after the game. That was his catcher last night, the veteran. Hilarious. Really, really funny stuff. So Love me some Kurt Casale. By the way, let's stop apologizing. I know Jim Day had to do it. Let's stop apologizing for the words holy shit being on TV. Please. Yeah, you put a mic in front of a guy who's like experiencing feelings he's never felt before. Like, you know, things happen. Yeah. Right. Like your kids won't spontaneously combust if they hear that while they're watching the game. I guarantee. You know what they'll do? They'll look at you and be like, oh. yeah. And then they'll laugh. It'll be fun. Right. It'll be a fun little moment and your life will go on and they won't head to, uh, I don't know. They, they won't be worse people because of it. I promise no. you that. All right. Um, good luck in your Twins-Brewers game tonight. First one you're calling at Target, right? 
I'm not calling tonight. I'm doing pre and post. I might sneak into like I'm just gonna go say, get me in the booth. Like the people need me in the booth. But as of Absolutely. right now, I'm only doing pre and post. For today and tomorrow? Yes. Uh, we're gonna change that. And we're gonna you know what? Everybody flood Bally's North Twitter feed saying we need ploof in the booth. They this already is what do we're doing. That. They already do that. Yes. Thank you yes. guys for the support. It's been awesome. Uh, by the way, I'm heading down to Dodger Stadium. I'm going to go do a in-person interview with Lucas Giolito for the Rose Rotation. Love that. Oh, yeah, I have a so question for you. For Lucas? Yeah. Save it for the AMP. Yeah, save it for AMP. That's why you need to join us every day on the AMP app. Go download it on your iPhone or Android today. You get to contribute to the conversation. Uh, Ploof will be busy with his pre- and post-game show duties on Wednesday. Jolly Olive will be in that seat. We always look forward to the insights of one Jolly. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, who is outstanding at finding where destinations are from Ali, Ali, Iowa. Not Jolly Olive, but Ali, Iowa. That is Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.